You are listening to John DeYard's Life Spa, your premier source for health news in Ayurveda, where modern science meets ancient wisdom. Hi, my name is Dr. John DeYard, and welcome to the Life Spa podcast, where we prove the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda with modern science. And today I want to talk about cleansing, detox, and compare conventional cleansing with Ayurveda cleansing, and, and what's the difference? Conventional cleansing, things like eating an alkaline diet or doing a detox diet or a restricted diet or uh, fasting techniques, for example, or a liver cleanse or, or, or a kidney cleanse, all of these cleanses are very, very effective and I'm a fan of them and I've done most of them. The difference is that in Ayurvedic diet, we ask the question, why did you get toxic in the first place? When you do a detox and you pull or chelate a lot of impurities out of your deep tissues, you're going to feel better. But the question why we got toxic in the first place really has to be addressed. Otherwise, you just cleanse from one cleanse to the next cleanse to the next cleanse. And the whole Ayurvedic understanding was that 85% of all disease starts in digestion. And we have the ability to break down toxicity like the mercury from the coal mine plumes our liver can break that down and we can detoxify it. Now, when the, body, when the body's digestion becomes weaker, the body's ability to detoxify becomes weaker, and then we become more vulnerable to greater levels of toxicity. So Ayurveda was all about, okay, let's pull the impurities out of the deep tissues and get a detox for sure, but let's also recognize that the underlying digestive weak link is setting you up for those toxins to build up and accumulate in your deep tissues. And if we reboot digestive strength, we're rebooting detoxifying strength. So there's really one of the major fundamental difference, but that's from a physical perspective. You know, most of the conventional cleanses are really just physical. And Ayurveda is definitely physical, but it's not just a physical detox, it's a physical detox with attention on why you got toxic, how to reboot our digestive pathways, and our detoxifying pathways, which I want to talk about today in a little bit more detail and how that works. But the other thing that makes an Ayurvedic cleanse so much different is it's not just physical. It understands that this crazy mind of ours uh, underlies most of our health concerns. We now know, right? So Ayurveda said thousands of years ago that the gut, your intestinal tract, was the seat of the nervous system, the seat of vata. We now know that 95% of your serotonin is produced in your gut. We know most of your neurotransmitters are produced in your gut. We know the gut bugs cause something called psychobiotics. They, they actually have an impact on what you think and what you crave and what you desire. So it really is true that the seat of the nervous system is in your gut. And there's a gut-brain-brain-gut connection that is very real and we have to understand that. So from an emotional perspective, if you're under a lot of stress, that stress is going to impact what you think. And if you're thinking a lot of crazy thoughts, that's going to impact the, the quality of the microbiome, whether you have more good bugs or more bad bugs. Studies show when you're under a lot of stress, you proliferate more undesirable bacteria in your gut. And when you're happy and content and loving and kind and giving, you create all these really beneficial bugs in your gut. So Ayurveda understood that. Ayurveda also understood that most of us are unconscious. <laughs> which means that one study showed that 95% of the things we think and say and do as adults come from impressions, right? From the first six years of our life. So if we're walking around, 95% of the stuff I'm saying is from my early on impressions, which were whatever, pretty unconscious, I would say. 
um, we're still somewhat unconscious. So Ayurveda was like, how do we get conscious? We have to free ourselves from those old emotional patterns. And those emotional patterns when you're young were based on needing approval and appreciation from mom and dad. And if you didn't have that, you would have walked into the jungle, got eaten by lions, and there'd be no people here, right? So we are hardwired to want approval and appreciation from our mom and dad. And we learn at a very young age how to manipulate them. I have a year and a half old grand. Uh, daughter right now who we laugh my wife and I laugh because we raised six kids and we were probably manipulated by them as well but but um, for sure we were um, but we will laugh at this year and a half old who's already figured out how to get exactly what she wants from mom and dad clearly understand the rules of manipulation and that's just what we do but at some point we have to realize that the, we're not going to get all our needs met from the outside world, although we have a culture that just feeds you with more sensory stimulation than we could ever, ever, you know, use. And therefore we have an unlimited amount of potential satisfaction from the outside world. And very few take the road less traveled to explore inner space. And we're so fascinated by our outer world and our outer space, right? So Ayurveda understood that we're unconscious. And we have to become conscious. And we also understood this thing called mental ama, which are mental emotional patterns of behavior that we lodge on our fat, store in our muscles. And those are pre-recorded stress responses that we predict. We go home for the holidays. Next thing you know, you're acting like a four-year-old. Those stress responses are pre-recorded and you're just all of a sudden going, oh my God, this is crazy. And that's because of these old patterns of behavior that we record in the white matter of the brain, Ayurveda called it Tarpaka Kapha. And it's like if you, you know, went into a, a cave when you were eight years old and the bear chased you out of it, you could be 99 years old and you're gonna remember that cave and never go back into that cave. It's a survival thing to remember those traumas, right? So we remember them and a lot of them are important to remember and we create patterns of behavior based on them. But as we get older, a lot of the traumas left, we still have those pre-recorded stress responses. And Ayurveda knew those were the things that kept us unconscious. So a huge part of the Ayurvedic cleansing was emotional detox, relieving the toxins, the molecules of emotion, the mental ama that store in our fat and release them. So it's no coincidence really that when you do an Ayurvedic cleanse, the whole cleanse was designed to get you to burn fat better which is kind of a trendy thing now with you know, ketogenic diets, helping your body burn fat instead of sugar. But that was a, a strategy thousands of years ago. And they created amazing techniques to force the body into fat burning because the environmental pollutants, to the tune of the EPA in, 19, in 2019, uh, reported that 70 million tons of toxic chemicals, environmental pollutants were dumped in our atmosphere in 2019, which dripped down onto all the organic vegetables, into the food, into the water we drink. And we have to detoxify those. And they're all fat-soluble. The water-soluble stuff's easy for us to get rid of. The fat-soluble stuff is a challenge. And those are the toxins we're talking about when we do a detox. So you have to figure out a way to get the body's fat to be detoxified. And how you do that is get the body to burn fat, which gives you, you know, fat burning, stability. You know, sleep through the night, fat burning stability. Breakfast is breaking the fast. During the night, you're supposed to burn fat all night long. That's the history. That's the chemistry of the human body. But most people are burning sugar all night long, up and down, and they're not burning their fat at all. So we don't go into fat metabolism. We keep storing the fat, because when you're under stress, you store fat and crave sugar. And that's what, unfortunately, we've become creatures of. 
And that's why the ketogenic diets of getting rid of the sugar and eating nothing but fat to get your body into fat burning is trendy right now. And it's a really good idea. But from a lifestyle perspective, every day of your life, nature didn't give you fat all the time. I wrote a book called The Three Season Diet. It's all about eating seasonally. And you look at the diet seasonally and you have, you know, the fruits and vegetables, the starches in the fall, right? I mean, you can't ignore that they're there and we should eat them. And we have, you know, more higher fat nuts and seeds and, and uh, maybe more animal protein in the winter when there's no food to be harvested, right? So the body shifts from, you know, from, from high carb to high fat seasonally. And there's a lot more to talk about there, but that's something that we naturally do. And during the springtime, when there's basically no food and it's extremely austere, we're naturally forced into a fat burning detox. We burn our own fat because it's a very austere time of the year. Thus all the fasting techniques that were, you know, that were, um, you know, talked about or prescribed, you know, from religious, for religious purposes to get the body to burn fat, fasting, Lent, Ramadan, you know, all these, all these holidays for fasting, right? So part of that was because there was just no food and, you know, you know, not eating is actually a very spiritual process. Burning fat is a very spiritual process because when you fast, you go into fat burning. And when you burn fat, you're not in the highs and the lows and the highs and lows. Your nervous system becomes calm and therefore more stable. But also when you burn fat, you release the molecules of emotion stored in your fat. The mental ama, according to Ayurveda, is stored in your fat. So when you burn the fat, you release them. So all of a sudden, these old patterns of behavior start to appear on your radar screen. And you begin to become aware when you're going for the holidays why you act like a four-year-old again. And that gives you the ability over time to begin to allow a level of self-awareness to begin to appear. Where instead of door number one, which is act like a four-year-old when you're going for the holidays, all of a sudden, door number two appears, and you begin to realize that you can take action to free yourself from those old patterns of behavior by not engaging in behavior based on their um, behavior and their stressful you know, kind of ups and downs. You start to react based on your truth. And that's what Ayurveda truly means. Ayurveda is life, Veda is truth. It means the truth of your life. Let it out. That's the goal. So becoming conscious is part of the cleanse. So the Ayurvedic cleanses are so different than conventional cleanses because it completely addresses that. In our, in our new Colorado Ayurvedic cleanse, which has now been evergreened, which is the cleanse that we've been doing for decades now, which is a 14-day digestive reset, liver cleanse, lymph cleanse, intestinal skin repair, uh, and reset of the whole digestive system, reset of the microbiome, and detox the fatty tissues, it also is powerfully directed at the molecules of emotion, which Candace Pert, an NIH researcher, she coined the phrase, wrote a book about that, that there are in fact molecules of emotion. They actually do store in your fat. And when you start burning fat, you have the opportunity to you know, throw that mud on the wall and see what emotion or pattern of behavior is uh, up for you to transform, you know, what you can actually um, Kind of are ready to move through in this particular time of your life, right? So it's so beautiful that Ayurveda understood, yeah, we got to get rid of the toxins for sure, but we also have to reset the digestion and the lymph and the liver and all that, heal your intestinal skin, and pull the fat out of the body so we can have access to these stored patterns of behavior and free ourselves from those patterns. 
So in the new Colorado Ayurveda cleanse, we've evergreened it. So in old days, we would do our Colorado cleanse and we would do a, we would do a group cleanse twice a year in the spring and the fall at the change of seasons when Ayurveda says we should cleanse. And you had to do it right on our days because I would guide you through that whole process. But what we've done now is we've created brand new yoga, breathing, meditation videos. <clears throat> we've created um, uh, e you know, e new emails that come every morning during the cleanse. We've created uh, a chat room. There's a brand new self-inquiry critical analysis guide for the emotional to help you move through the emotional patterns as we unravel them. Uh, there's question and answer sessions with me. There are seven herbs you take before and after the cleanse, before and after every meal during the cleanse. So it's super comprehensive um, and it's evergreen, which means that, and you even get question and answer sessions with me, which will be live question and answer sessions with me in the spring and the fall. So we can still have that, our connection, many of us, have had that connection with me for years so that we'd answer all your questions and guide you. We're still gonna have that, but now you can do the Colorado Ayurveda cleanse anytime you want and get all the support that you need. So we're pretty excited about making that available. And one of the reasons why that's critical is, you know, in Ayurveda, the, the, there's something called Ritu Sandhi, which means the gap or the junction between one season to the next. And they say that it's really important. In fact, they say disease starts when you don't transition from one season to the next in an appropriate fashion, right? So for example, in the summer, which we're in now as I make this video, the summer is hot and dry, and winter is cold and dry. So nicely, winter mitigates the heat of summer, but the, the dryness of summer only ex, you know, exacerbates from the dryness of winter. So we go from hot and dry to cold and dry, and now we're really dry in the winter. And if you don't transition from summer into winter and get rid of that dryness properly, and during the winter get rid of that dryness properly, you become really dry. And dry is what really uh, we know about dry air. It dries out your skin, dries out your sinuses. It dries out your intestinal tract. You get constipated. Your joints become dry. It aggravates your nervous system, and it makes you not sleep as well. It makes you more vulnerable to anxiety and worry. And this is all vata. And winter is cold and dry, which is air-based which is vata season. So nature has an antidote to the extreme of the winter, which is to eat kind of warm nuts and seeds and heavier, higher fat foods, as we talked about. But the transition is still critical. And that's when you would really want to do a cleanse is during those transitions in the spring and the fall to really make sure that you really took a chunk of that dryness out of your system. And how we do that Ayurvedically is we take the heat out of your body. Because at the end of the summer, the heat accumulates. It's hotter at the end of the summer than the beginning of the summer. And when the heat accumulates, that heat, you know, dries you out, right? So by getting rid of that heat in a major way with like a cleanse, you dissipate that heat and therefore make a big chunk of prevention from the dryness accumulating in the winter, right? But if you go from hot and dry to, and then the heat from the summer becomes, makes you even more dry because you didn't get rid of it, then you become acceleratedly dry super aggravate your vata, and that sets you up for all types of health concerns, you know, kind of down the road. So, you know, that's nature's way is to do that. That's why we have apples in, harvested in such abundance in the fall because they're super cooling foods. They purgate you, which means that they help you have a looser stool. And the way the body gets rid of heat is with a looser stool. So if you ever get diarrhea, you should know your body's trying to get rid of heat that's built up in your system. So like when you get a fever, you also tend to get diarrhea. 
That's your body's way of dissipating that heat. So during that transition, now with the Evergreen Colorado Ayurveda Cleanse, you get to do this cleanse whenever it's convenient for you during the, just the change of seasons, anytime in the fall, really any time of year, it's said that you can do these cleanses and it works great. But ideally, you wanna to try to get the most bang for your buck in terms of cleansing during the seasonal changes, like in the spring, right? To the extent you got dried out in the winter, is to the extent you're gonna make extra mucus in the spring. And if you make extra mucus in the spring and then you transition into the summer and you don't do anything from summer into spring into summer, the heat of the summer will, little, will literally bake on the mucus that you produce in your sinuses and in your gut and create something called hardened mucoid material inside your intestinal tract, which makes a little villi of your intestinal tract, which are really responsible for digestion and absorption and assimilation and detox to become compromised by all this hardened mucus, which makes it very difficult for your intestinal tract to function as both a delivery system for the good stuff and a detox system for the bad stuff. And that's why what you wanna, at the end of the spring, when it's the mucus making season, right? It's allergy season. You wanna eat the foods and detox to get that mucus out of your intestinal tract. So in the Colorado Ayurveda cleanse, the diets as in nature shift from, from the spring cleanse to the fall cleanse, which I think is just, you know, really, really beautiful. So let's, let's dig into it uh, a little bit more. Like I said, the conventional cleanses, they're great. Like, the, like I actually have an ebook called the Safe Liver Cleansing ebook, which I give you a one month protocol to, before you would do a liver cleanse because they're very aggressive and you really wanna make sure that your body's ready for them. But they have a very kind of focused surgical effect to detox one of those systems or one of those organs. And I think the, a lot of these cleanses are fine, but they're just not as comprehensive. You know, when I went to India, you know, after, boy, when I was, well, let me say, let me start by saying when I was a young uh, teenager, I read Paul Bragg's uh, Miracle of Fasting book, and I got super hooked on fasting and was fasting three days, seven days, 14 days. And, um, and then I started doing um, uh, Bernard Jensen's intestinal detox cleanses with bentonite clay and all this kind of stuff. And I felt good, but I shortly thereafter felt like I needed to get cleaned out again. Like I, and I didn't really have any health concerns going into anything that I knew of, except that I wanted to be healthier. And I was just fascinated by Jack LaLanne and Paul Bragg and all these longevity experts and Bernard Jensen, still fascinated by longevity and, 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 and all these, these wonderful, really mentors of mine. But then I went to India and I noticed that how they do detox and, and, and healing is so kind and gentle compared to what we did in the West. Everything was so aggressive where you would do colimas and colonics or really harsh herbs to clean your intestinal tract, which irritate the lining. And next thing you know, you're cleaned out, but then you feel like you need to do another cleanse and then another cleanse and another cleanse. You never feel like you're self-sufficient. And that's where I had, that's what I had become is a cleansing junkie. And it just didn't make any sense. And I actually started having more digestive problems as opposed to less as a result of that. I was like, God, this is crazy. So I ended up going to India in 1986 for a four week vacation, ended up staying there a year and a half. I uh, found an Ayurvedic teacher who wanted me to stay, stayed there for a year and a half. And, and that's where I met Deepak Chopra, came back and ran his Ayurvedic center for eight years. And then after that came to Boulder, Colorado, which I'm still in now. Short version of my history. But the point was, is that, that I was so blown away by how kind and gentle they were in India when they would, would do detox. 
The intestinal skin was so delicately cared for. They understood the microbiome even before it was discovered by the West. They called it crimi. And they specifically said you have to treat the host. You have to create the environment for better bugs, better crimi to proliferate. You don't just go and kill them and clobber them and rip the intestinal tract clean and then create inflammation and irritation as a result of the cleanse, which a lot of the kind of the herbal conventional cleanses are great. They clean you out, but they leave the intestinal tract very vulnerable to more inflammation, more opportunistic bacteria, and then you feel yucky again, and then you want to go do another cleanse, right? So that's kind of where I was like, whoa, sort of, I was sort of blown away by how, um, by how gentle they were with the intestinal tract. Um, Bernard Jensen, who I got to spend time with and meet when I met him, he was brilliant, right? And you probably don't even know who he is, but he's written numerous books and creator of iridology and intestinal cleansing. He really gets no credit for all of his work. But he had got cancer a couple of times and cured himself of cancer a couple of times. So he knew what he was doing. But when I met him, he had an intestinal, his belly was really big and really stuck out. And his assistant told me, he says, don't tell, don't tell him that I told you this, but he has to take 17 digestive enzymes to digest his meal every day. And and he invented something called the colima, which was like the original colonic, where you irrigate your intestinal tract. And, um, you know, from the Ayurvedic perspective, he would just wash out all of his good bacteria, cleaning it out, but washing out the good bacteria, never really getting, you know, a lasting benefit. So he had to kept curing himself from cancer one after another until he was in his 90s and he finally passed away. But the point being is like, you walk around America and you see a lot of people with really, really big bellies. And it's not because of the food per se, although the food we have in America is bad, but even healthy eaters have you know, bigger bellies than they should, and it's because the digestive system has been broken down. And yes, no doubt, it can be broken down by pesticides that kill the bugs that make the enzymes to help us digest our own food, so that's a real thing. You really do need to eat organic. It can also be broken down by the bad oils that they've been feeding us for 50 years now, telling us that the polyunsaturated fatty acid cooking oils will lower your cholesterol, <clears throat> and they didn't. Reduce heart disease, and they didn't. Um, they might have not increased your cholesterol, but they definitely increased your bad cholesterol, like your LDL cholesterol and triglycerides. So they really didn't work at all, but they're still in your bread and your crackers and all of that. And they directly, because they're so highly processed and bleached and boiled and deodorized, they go right to your liver because your liver is the kind of the detox site for all the bad fats. So that over time slowly congests your liver. Your liver becomes congested and it becomes sluggish or the, what, what the medical term for that is sludgy, literally bile sludge it's called, which means that you can't produce enough bile and bile is like that Pac-Man to clean out your liver, clean out your little intestinal villi. It's a natural buffer for the stomach acid so your stomach can feel safe to make as much acid as it needs to break down wheat and dairy and nuts and seeds and grains and legumes and beans and tomatoes and zucchini, all that stuff we should be able to break down and digest. But because of years of congestion of our liver and probably those bad fats, remember, gall, gallbladder surgery, removal of your gallbladder is number one abdominal surgery in America today. That shouldn't happen, but it's because we've been creating, we've been eating so many bad fats that, that the gallbladder um, has become, you know, filled with bile sludge and then slowly stops working. Not only does it stop producing bile to clean your intestinal tract, bile makes your intestinal tract work. 
It regulates your bowel movements, no bile, no poop, no bile, no cleaning of your intestinal skin or villi, no bile, no buffer for your stomach acid. So either you're gonna have, the stomach will just say, I'm not gonna make the stomach acid anymore, or I'm gonna hold on to the stomach acid with the food longer than I should and give you heartburn and indigestion, right? So either way, liver is the kingpin, bile flow is the kingpin of your digestive strength. And if that's not working for you, and most people don't have it, we've got big problems. So that's what Ayurveda really focused the whole cleanse on. They use, as you probably know, a, it's called the ghee and kitchari cleanse. <clears throat> and you use ghee as a natural lipophilic detoxification mediator. And this is a well-scientific technique to help the body detoxify, called lipophilic mediated detox. Lipo is fat, philic means like, it means fat, fats like fats. So when you take a lot of ghee into your system, that fat will get absorbed into your tissues and attach to bad fats and pull them to your intestinal tract and detoxify them. And the studies show that that will actually detox heavy metals. It detoxes your pesticides by 43% and your preservatives by, I think it was 56% and 46%. Powerful science behind the lipophilic mediated detox. And I've written about that at lifespy.com. Just type in Ayurvedic cleansing and you'll see the science behind that more specifically. But it's powerful that thousands of years ago, they figured out that if you use ghee, clarified butter, it'll provide a powerful detox for your deep tissues, right? So that's one thing. We wanna use that ghee, they call it oleation, where we use the oil to saturate the tissues, attach the talk to the toxins stored in your fat cells, and pull them out of your body, right? That's one of the ways that the, the Ayurvedic cleanse works. But when you also take sequentially higher doses of ghee every morning, you're also forcing your gallbladder to contract a little bit more each day and flushing the sludge out of your gallbladder, which is kind of a really cool thing as well, right? So it's a gallbladder liver flush as well. And then where the rubber meets the road when you're trying to heal yourself, probably any condition really, it's where the intestinal skin and the gut-associated lymphatic system connects, which means on the outside of your intestinal wall is the gut-associated lymphatic system, which is the major lymph of your whole body. And the lymph is trying to do three basic things. One, the garbage can to take out the trash, all the undigested proteins and fats, toxins, environmental pollutants, carries your immune system, which is called gut immunity, which is 70% of your immune response. And it also um, is trying to deliver good fat, properly digested fat, to every cell of your, every cell of your body as baseline energy. In Ayurveda, the word lymph is called rasa, and rasa is also used in the word rasayana, and rasayana is, the, is one branch of Ayurveda, which is the study of longevity, right? So all of a sudden, you know, the whole idea of longevity boils around how well your lymphatic system is taking the trash out from your intestinal tract. And as you know, with the environmental pollutants and the bad food and the junk food, everything we're exposed to, we have a lot of toxicity that ends up in our lymphatic system. So the Ayurvedic cleanses are very specific about detoxifying your lymph from herbs that we give you for the lymphatic system, the foods we give you to support the lymphatic system, the Ayurvedic massage you do daily during the cleanse for your lymphatic system with a lymphatic-based oil. So much attention on the lymph, so much attention on the liver. 
But remember, the lymph is only going to work well. You don't want to shovel snow in a snowstorm, right? The lymph's the trash can trying to take the trash out. You got to figure out why we're getting all this toxicity in my lymph in the first place. And that has to do with the integrity of the intestinal skin, which is directly linked to the integrity of your respiratory skin. The epithelium in, this, in the respiratory tract and the intestinal tract are what are called bidirectional. They both affect each other. You have a toxic gut, you're going to have toxic or, or out of balance respiratory skin or respiratory immunity. If your immunity in your gut because of toxicity and bad bacteria is comp compromised, so is your respiratory immunity. So in days of pandemic, it's so important that you are able to digest your food well and, um, and have really good intestinal skin. So how do we accomplish that in Ayurveda? Well, it turns out that ghee, clarified butter, just making ghee is sort of like, how do they figure out how to do that? You gotta take the unsalted butter and you boil it and boil it and boil it, boil it, skim off all the milk solids until you have just the oil. And that oil is the highest source of butyric acid on the planet. What is butyric acid? Well, butyric acid is the one fat in your gut that the cells in your gut eat. In other words, the cells that line your intestinal tract, they feed on butyric acid. The good, healthy microbes feed on butyric acid. And the intestinal integrity of the skin itself is based on butyric acid. In fact, you have microbes in your gut, one called Clostridium butyricum, whose job in life is simply to make butyric acid. And ghee is the highest source of butyric acid on the planet. Now, when you read the, the Vedic text, they say that ghee has a thousand different medicinal properties. They call it the ultimate superfood. But they also recommended using cultured ghee. And it took me years to source a good quality cultured ghee. But I gotta tell you, when they culture the ghee, it takes on a whole nother level. And this is our culture ghee. I'm super happy to have our cleansers now use this amazing ghee, which is culture ghee. So what happens when you culture ghee, you do two ferments. You culture the butter and then you culture the ghee. So it's two ferments that take place through a process of lactic acid bacteria. And the lactic acid bacteria during the culturing process takes the lactose, which is the sugar in the milk, and converts it into lactate. And then that lactate by the bacteria is converted into, guess what? Butyric acid. So all the fat that is in the ghee is converted into butyric acid. There's another fat in your, in your body called linoleic acid. And if there's one fat in milk or dairy that is what they might consider inflammatory at high levels, it's linoleic acid. But it turns out that when you actually culture the ghee, the two ferments actually convert the linoleic acid into conjugated linoleic acid, which is one of the super fats for the body, found in numerous studies to reverse uh, you know, weight gain and heal the intestinal tract, support cardiovascular health. It's one of the like, super fats for the body. People take you know, CLA, conjugated linoleic acid supplements because it's so good for us, right? So turns out that when you take grass-fed ghee, that ghee has 500 times more conjugated linoleic acid than grain-fed ghee. So when you take grass-fed ghee, and then you have it, and of course all organic, and then you, and then you culture it and make cultured ghee like we have, you know, then you have like the maximum amount of conjugated linoleic acid you could have, and the maximum amount of butyric acid you have, and anything that might consider it a, a bad fat has been mitigated and fermented into a better fat. 
That's maybe why thousands of years ago, and they talked about fermenting ghee specifically, why it was such the superfood. Today, regular ghee has got benefits, um, but, but the culture ghee is clearly you know, in a league of its own, which is kind of really important. So from the perspective of healing the intestinal skin, the lining, the protective barrier that separates all the toxicity in, your, in this world from getting systemically into your bloodstream, it has to do with a, a healed and repaired intestinal lining. And that's what the ghee does. So the ghee is sort of like amazing, plus it's the lipophilic mediated detox, so it's gonna pull out the toxins, it's gonna to detoxify your liver, and it's going to heal your intestinal lining. And those are the things that conventional cleanses just really don't do. They're gonna go in there and clean you out, but never restore function. And that's what makes the Colorado Ayurveda cleanse so unique and so different, is it really is truly about restoring function. One of the other things that makes the Colorado Ayurveda cleanse so unique and different, in addition to the fact that it's now evergreen, which you can do it whenever you want and get all the support you need, the hand-holding that you need, that I think has been so you know, important over these, all these years we've been doing cleanses, is the fact that we actually give you herbs to reset digestive strength before and after every meal. There's seven herbs that we give you. Three of them are taken before the meal to reboot the stomach ability to produce acid and decrease the production of your own bile and flush the liver bile and decongest all the bile sludge. Um, and that's the, those are the herbs you take before the meal along with um, an herb for the blood sugar to help stabilize your blood sugar, which is like the epidemic of our time. And then you have, um, then you have herbs for after the meal, um, which, can, which are support the lymphatic flow, like an herb called mangista, which is a powerful herb to decongest your whole lymphatic system. We have one called liver repair, which actually heals and repairs your liver. We have uh, another one called shilajit, which is a natural chelator and a supportive detox for you, but it's also a deep rejuvenative and tonic and uh, rejuvenative and adrenal strengthening agent to give you energy, particularly even uh, during, and, and during the cleanse. Um, uh, so there's just herbs that we use to really strengthen the detoxification system as well as the digestive system, which I think is like such an important part and such a unique part of our cleanse. And these herbs are not extracts of extracts. They're whole herbs, organic, that come out of the ground with their own natural microbiome. So the newest kind of emerging research is suggesting that you have the plant which has its biochemistry, like for example, turmeric has its own biochemistry, but that also has a natural inclination to attract certain microbes, which is very specific and very real. And studies are now showing that the bugs in the soil that attract to the roots of those plants are specific to support the biochemistry and effectiveness of that plant. So the microbes on their own have the same, in numerous studies now, properties at the plant. If they're so sort of like attracts like, right? So it's, so when you're taking a whole herb out of the ground that's organic, they have their own microbiome. And we, we are all FDR, GMP certified, all our herbs are, we, they test, we test the herbs when we get them, we test them after we have the finished product, we know the microbiomes, the microbiome, the bugs that are on them before and after, so we know they're always really clean, but they're like little mini probiotics. But you're getting them 
you know, during the change of season when those herbs are generally harvested. So it's just really cool when you look at the Ayurvedic understanding of using that whole herb with the whole intelligence of the biochemistry, the microbiome together. It's such an important and unique difference that you get when you just do a cleanse and you're doing curcumin at high dosages, which is one of 300 constituents of turmeric. And studies show, and I've written about this at lifespa.com, when you take curcumin at higher doses, it has medicinal effects, very powerful ones, but it also has side effects. It can block the production of stem cells. It can cause side effects that are unwanted. They sort of become like pharmaceutical medications, which no doubt can heal, well, can, can, can address the symptoms of disease. But any medical doctor will tell you when you suppress the symptom of disease with a, with a, with a pharmaceutical-grade agent, there's going to be consequences. You know, just when you watch TV and you read all the ads, there's the list of the side effects. Those are the consequences. But hopefully, the, what the drug does for you symptomatically is more important than the side effects. So you choose to, to handle those consequences. Well, that's sort of what herbs that are, that are super highly concentrated do, is they they're like medications where they definitely have a powerful medicinal property, but they have unwanted side effects and unwanted consequences. Where when you take a whole herb, you're taking stuff that was in people's soups and stews and foods and salads for thousands of years, and you have the whole plant, the intelligence of the whole plant, and the intelligence of the microbiome that belongs with that plant, right? We now know like organic food, we eat organic food. That organic food has bugs on it. And that's why we eat it, because it has the microbiome on it. We don't want to wash it and sterilize it. We want those bugs because we have diversity issues. What does that mean? The study done in, uh, in Utah, New Mexico, they went into a museum and they figured out how to take thousand-year-old human poop and they measured how many bugs were in it. And they compared it to modern humans. And they found that the, the lack of diversity in modern humans compared to the thousand-year-old poop was so much less, that the diversity was so much less, they literally labeled it an extinction event. In other words, our lack of diversity is an extinction event and we, because we're not getting the diversity of the bugs that we need. And that's why when you're taking herbs, you're literally taking these mini probiotics, but are also providing you much more diversity than you would ever would have got if you had been eating like mac and cheese and pizza every day, right? So it's really cool when you just put all this together. It's just, you know, really quite amazing. And then the other thing that I, that I, that I have to talk about when you talk about the difference between the Colorado cleanse, the Colorado Ayurvedic cleanse, and a conventional cleanse, is we don't understand that how important our ability to digest our food are and it is and the trend today is for us to do what well if you have issues with wheat and dairy don't eat them don't eat nuts and seeds and grains don't eat legumes tomatoes nightshades goitrogens oxalates don't eat don't eat don't eat don't eat we sort of bubble wrap the whole body and not give it anything that's a challenge for us to digest well it turns out that the reason according to the science the reason why you and i have gut immunity which is 70% of our immune response, is because we eat things that are hard to digest. And the irritation of those foods provide what's called gut immunity. If you don't eat those irritating foods, you don't have gut immunity, and your immune system starts to be compromised. And I'll give you an example of a study based on that. They did a study with Amish kids, and they found that the Amish kids had the lowest rates of asthma on the planet. 
they did an, and they did another study with uh, their genetic cousins from the same area in Switzerland called the Hutterites. And they have the highest rates of asthma on the planet. And they've said, well, how could this be? Same genetics, one group has the highest rates of asthma, one group has the lowest rates of asthma. So they actually went into the barns and the Amish kids were running around barefoot in the barn. They have cows as pets, breathing in all this barn dust. And they found out it was the barn dust that they were breathing in that irritated the intestinal respiratory tract in such a way it created an immune response against the asthma. Where the Hutterites, where everything was super sterile, right, bubble wrapped, they had the highest rates of asthma. So don't be fooled by just taking everything out of your diet, you're making yourself more vulnerable to a compromised gut immunity. And sudden studies now show that your gut health is directly linked to respiratory health. Those microbiomes in your gut and your lungs are bi-directional. So if you have digestive issues, intestinal health issues, you're gonna have compromised gut immunity, and as a result, compromised respiratory immunity. And this is something we should all really care about, right, these days, how, how our immune system can become stronger. And it is not gonna become stronger if you just take all the food out of your diet and bubble wrap your diet and eat these really super simple, simple foods. You know, I've been in practice since 1984. I gotta tell you, you know, I never heard of anybody who couldn't eat grains across the board in 19, early on in my practice. Now, regularly I see people who can't even eat a grain or touch a grain. You know, and you can say, well, it's the glyphosate. A lot of these foods are organic and they can't, it's not just the glyphosate. Um, so, it's, so it's much more than that. Our digestive strength has just been dialed down significantly and we have to boost that up because the ability for you to digest well is directly linked to your ability to detoxify well. So please don't just think that, I, you know, yeah, of course, if you eat wheat and dairy, don't eat them. If you make them fifth, it makes you feel bad. But that didn't solve your problem, right? That just said, I don't eat the foods that make me feel bad, but I still have a, a, an inability to digest those foods that I could eat when I was 18 years old. So how do I get my body strong enough? And that's what the Colorado Ayurveda cleanse is about. It's a 14-day cleanse, right? So it's a big bite. It's a commitment. But boy, you're making a commitment that so many thousands of my patients over the years and, and, and my readers over the years have taken. And the cool thing about it is, they come back for more again and again and again. We have cleansers have done the cleanse five times, six times, seven times, eight times. It's just really neat. And why do they do it? You know, once a year or twice a year, they come back and they do a detox. We have 90 million tons of toxic chemicals dumping onto all of our organic food and into the water we drink every year. We're being bombarded with toxicity more than ever in the history of the world. I get a feed of all the studies that come out every single day and I read through those feeds looking for sort of ancient wisdom, modern science connections. That's what I do for a living, write about ancient Ayurvedic wisdom and modern science. So I read all those studies or skim them and, and I gotta tell you, twice a day, easily once a day, more often twice a day, there's a study about the, the toxicity and the health concerns related to air pollution on our planet. It's an unsung, devastating impact on our health that nobody really talks about. But in the science world, it's massive. So if you don't have a way to detoxify that with good digestion, those environmental pollutants are gonna go into your digestive system, into the garbage can, your lymphatic system, and then finally it'll be stored in your deep tissues if, it, if your liver doesn't have isn't overwhelmed already to detoxify them. So the whole idea is to make sure that your liver is clean and can detoxify because your lymph's gonna take all that toxins from your gut, 
take it back to your blood, to your liver. Your liver is supposed to detoxify it, but if it can't, it just ships it back into the blood, and the blood eventually puts it into your brain, into your tissues, your joints, creates all types of age-related issues, and will absolutely directly shorten your telomeres, which are the chromosomal protective caps on your, on your DNA or your genetic code. It protects your genetic code. So when your chromosomes begin to shorten because of stress, because of toxicity, because of bad food, that's when we begin to accelerate the aging process, and it's directly linked to accelerated disease vulnerability. This is Nobel Prize winning science by Elizabeth Blackburn, who wrote, a, wrote books on the telomere. She did studies on this. So, you know, we now know that your diet, the toxicity in your diet, the stress you're under is so critically important. So when you combine the idea of removing old emotional patterns of behavior, freeing this crazy mind of ours to be still and be calm, so you're not, you know, you're not, you know, being dragged through the emotional mud, every, hitting every rock at the bottom of the river, you begin to raise your vibration and become above the fray. You're not attached to the old emotional patterns of behavior any longer. And boy, I tell you what, you know, I've been practicing Ayurveda since 1986, full, well, 1987, full-time. It's a long time. And over the years, I can tell you that, that it's this crazy mind. And we have to pull that string. While we pull the digestive string, while we pull heal the, 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 the intestinal skin print, while we pull the lymphatic, you know, detox lymphatic system string, and pull all of that together, to really move the needle into good health. And that's when you can really begin to, I really believe enjoy your life because I think so many people struggle enjoying their life because they're in pain or they don't feel well or they have a condition or they've been diagnosed with something that is just so emotionally traumatizing, right? So that's what Ayurveda is really about. It's about preventing these concerns and giving you health throughout your life, but also a long life. So, so yeah, do we need to cleanse a lot on a regular basis. I think we need to do digestive resetting on a regular basis. We need to do detox of some of the toxicity out of our deep tissues on a regular basis. How regular? You know, once or twice a year would be a good idea. We also have a something called the short home cleanse, which is a four-day cleanse, which a lot of people do when they don't have time to do the whole thing. But it's really important for when the seasons change in the spring and the fall to do something. Make sure that you uh, do some dietary transition or some type of rebooting of digestive strength, some type of pulling out some of the impurities out of your deep tissue, and along the way, shoveling out the old molecules of emotion that, that make us do the same dumb thinking again and again and again and again. So please, you know, register for our new evergreen Colorado Ayurvedic cleanse. You go to lifespa.com forward slash Colorado Ayurvedic Cleanse. So that's lifespa.com forward slash Ayurvedic Colorado Cleanse. Like I said, you can do that cleanse anytime that you like, any time of the year. People say, when's the best time to do it? I go, well, it's always a good time to do it if you have the time to rest and retreat. So if you have the ability to take time and rest, and that's what we have offered in the Colorado Ayurvedic Cleanse, you have the ability to kind of work through it, or we give you all the tools to do a retreat, to do the yoga, the breathing, the meditation, the self-inquiry. So you have the luxury of, and I've worked through the Colorado Ayurveda Cleanse numerous times, and I've also done it in a retreat setting where you really have the time to really rest and get that rejuvenation we need. So if that happens in the summertime, it's a great time to cleanse. You know, but during the seasonal shifts, spring and fall for sure, you wanna take advantage of the opportunity to prepare yourself for the season that's coming around the corner, right? 
and that's what's going to really, really important. So please, you know, join me. And remember, the Colorado Ayurveda cleanse, we used to do our group cleanse. We did it all together. We're still actually doing that. I'm still going to be doing, you know, free live uh, Q&A sessions. So you can still get your questions answered directly from me. So I'll still be very, very much holding your hand and guiding you through the process. But it gives you the luxury to do it whenever you want. And this way, everybody can get all the support that they needed that, that they weren't always able to get because they had to do it right when we did it. So hopefully we make the cleanse a whole bit, much, a much better experience for you. Plus we've added the new self-inquiry guide, you know, new emails, new videos. It's really all brand new. So I hope you guys enjoy it and cleanse with us with the new evergreen Colorado Ayurvedic cleanse. Just go to lifespa.com slash Colorado Ayurvedic cleanse. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. John Deere. This recording is brought to you by LifeSpa, where ancient Ayurvedic wisdom meets modern science. Get access to free health video newsletters by Dr. John at LifeSpa.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.